0: Hey everybody and welcome to this week's edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and thank you guys for joining me on this Tuesday afternoon or whenever you guys are listening to the podcast. As always, we have a lot of news in the NRL world, uh, like Sonny Bill's potential return to the Sydney Roosters that should be signed off at some point this weekend. John Bateman will play his first game for the Raiders this week. We're going to talk about that. As well as their new signing of Corey, we're here nearer. We'll also discuss Gold Coast spending a lot of money on David Fafita. Uh, the Broncos losing one of their star players. Uh, so a lot to discuss this week. And I want to thank you guys for listening to the show every single week. Uh, I've got a lot of positive feedback over the past few weeks, in particular last week's episode on my mid season review which i hope you guys enjoyed i did go a little bit long but um i thought i wanted to cover all the bases whether it be the team of the year so far or the you know my a2f rankings of each of the teams and uh a few rankings and a few positions might have changed in the past week going towards my end of the year team of the year but um that is a discussion for the end of the season before I get into this week's uh, podcast and all the tips for round 12 of the NRL Telstra Premiership, let's recap round 11. And it all started on Thursday night at Bankwest Stadium when the Parramatta Eels took on the West Tigers. I tipped the Parramatta Eels in that game to uh, get back to their best after a loss to Manly. They did. They won that game 26-16. It wasn't easy, but they got the job done, so that made me one from one for the week. Which led us to the Friday night games, and the Cowboys went up against the Manly Seagulls at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, and it was Manly being way too good for the Cowboys, 24-12, to 12, the Cowboys were in that game, um, particularly at stages in the second half, they looked like they could have come back, but it weren't to be, I did tip the Cowboys in that one, so that may be 1 from 2, not a good upset, uh, let's hope we don't make the same mistake this weekend, on the second game on Friday night, it was the expected flogging when the Melbourne Storm destroyed the Brisbane Broncos from Suncorp Stadium, forty-six to eight. I did tip the Storm, of course, in that game, so that made me two from three uh, at the start of the week. The Saturday games were very interesting. The Sydney Roosters survived a scare against the Warriors and then won that game, eighteen ten. The Warriors were winning at one point in that game. I tipped the Roosters, of course, so that made me three from four uh, so far in the week. The second game on Super Saturday, the Cronulla Sharks outgunned the St. George Illinois Dragons in a highly entertaining contest, 28 24. I tipped the Dragons for my other upset of the week. Of course, that didn't happen either. Uh, so I was three from five. Then the Raiders uh, beat the Rabbitohs in a back and forth encounter, 18 12, a game that the Rabbitohs desperately needed to win. We're going to discuss their finals hopes on this podcast. Uh, that I tipped the Raiders in that game, which made me four from six for the week heading into the Sunday. There was torrential rain, mind you, but the Canterbury Bulldogs uh, at McDonald's Jones Stadium managed to come away with an upset, and only their second win of the season when they beat the Newcastle Knights 18-12. It was safe to say the Knights were far from their best. We're going to talk about that as well on the show. Uh, that made me uh, five from sorry, four from seven because I tipped Newcastle, which led to the last game when the Panthers uh, were too good for the Gold Coast Titans, who were pretty valiant but just weren't good enough to get the job done. Uh, the Panthers winning that game 22 to 14, which made me five from eight for the week. Which brings my total uh, for the year so far. It brings it to 58. Um, so 58 points after 11 rounds, uh, pretty much an average of five. Let me just do the math real quick. But um, 58 to fight it by. Eleven, sorry, but the delay, uh five point two a week. So definitely not where I want to be for six out of eight. And a lot of people were on a perfect ground, a lot of tippers and a lot of punsters uh punters were on a perfect ground until the Sunday game when the Bulldogs upset Newcastle. The way I see it, uh there's gonna be upsets every week, and I've been going the wrong one so far this year. The Dragons uh I thought were a real chance to get Trinola, and they were, they just uh Couldn't get the job done. There was a very controversial try that the Sharks scored. And in the other game, the Cowboys, I thought, were a real chance against a Manly team that were under strength, but Manly shown their resilience and really shown what a fight. So five from eight, let's hope we can improve that this weekend. We're going to get into all my tips for round 12. But before we do that, please remember to like uh, Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. or Spotify, wherever you guys listen to this podcast. Uh, Please support the guys that uh, obviously distribute this podcast, being Anchor. Um, If you guys listen to Anchor, they are a great app, a great service for you guys, um, if you ever would like to make your own podcast. But thank you guys for listening to the show this week. We're going to get into my round 12 predictions, and it all starts on Thursday night. And round 12 starts with a desperate matchup when from the Strada Jubilee Stadium, the St. George Illawarra Dragons will host the South City Rabbitohs. Both of these teams are very desperate to get a win on the board. The Rabbitohs, they had a real chance to uh, cement themselves as a finals threat last weekend when they took on the Canberra Raiders. Uh, they were in the game for a long period of time, but uh, a couple key moments went against them and a, a few crucial errors really came back and cost them. Of course, they weren't at full strength, having a, quite a few uh, players of their Usual starting 17 unavailable, uh, but not good signs for the Rabbitohs considering they still haven't really beaten the top eight team this year, despite, uh, apart from the Sharks in round one, who obviously weren't at their best. But they've had multiple chances this year to really uh, show what they're made of and really challenge the top eight teams. And I've said it many times on the podcast, but they're beating the teams where that they should beat. Um, the lower ranked teams, of course, in the NRL teams like the uh, Bulldogs uh, and the Titans and etc. Uh, but when they get a challenge, they just fail to fire, and that's pretty much more or less what happened again on Saturday night. The St. George Illawarra Dragons, on the other hand, uh, were on a bit of uh, a bit of run of form before they versed the Sharks, and it was a really entertaining game of football. Uh, Both teams were really explosive in attack. Um, Both teams' defense did leave a little bit to be desired as well. And the Dragons fans can consider themselves unlucky, um, considering there was a very controversial try that was awarded to the Sharks that the bunker uh, did get wrong. The NRL confirmed as much later on during the week for this game. um, A host of changes for the Dragons... Uh, Tristan Saylor will join the bench for, I believe, what will be his first game in 2020 at a very good end of 2019. So I don't know why it's taken him so long to get back in the team. So I'm looking forward to that. They've also uh, dropped Jason Saab, as far as I'm aware, and put in Jordan Pereira. Um, and a booster by the return of Tarek Sims as well. So a fair few changes there for the Dragons, for the Rabbitohs. Latrell Mitchell, after serving his two-week suspension, is back in the team, and the Rabidos fans are going to be hope, uh, are going to be hoping that he is back to his best form. Um, he hasn't been his best at fullback this year, but hopefully, um, you know, even though he's been suspended for the last two weeks, he's been training there. Hopefully, he is getting uh, close to uh, his best form in the fullback role, and he's very comfortable there at this point. You think he would be uh, considering we're over halfway through the season now. Corey Allen uh, was the man to drop out. Uh, the young gun, uh, Jackson Paulo has kept his spot on the wing for the Rabbitohs. Alex Johnson, of course, going back to the other wing. So it's going to be a very entertaining game this. The Rabbitohs uh, and the Dragons, actually both teams pretty much need to win this game if they are going to make finals. Uh, the Dragons, they're four wins, seven losses. So it's very crucial for them. Uh 5 and 7, as stupid as it sounds because it's only two points difference, sounds a lot better than 4 and 8. Um, of course, it is a shortened season this year. So, 20 round format, you basically need to win at least 10 games um, to make the top eight, you'd think. So, mm-hmm. if the Dragons lose we- this week, they could only lose two more games for the rest of the year. And that really puts the pressure on them and Paul McGregor. The Rabbitohs, of course, they're 5 and 6. So, if they can win this game, they'll go back to a
1: 50%
0: winning record this year. Um, and they've got a... Easier run coming up. I think they've got the Broncos and the Cowboys in the next fortnight. So all winnable games for the Ravidos coming up, but they really need to make a statement in this game. Uh, as I said, the Ravidos, you never know what you're going to get. Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker's form have been very sketchy this year in 2020. Um, so Cody Walker at times on Saturday night just seemed like a passenger and didn't really seem to get any involved in the offensive play. We need him. Um, the Ravidos need him and Adam Reynolds back at their best um, in the next month of football to uh, make a run for the finals. They're down to the 10th of the Rabbitohs, and it's starting to slip away from them. Of course, I'm still not going to be convinced even if they do go on a bit of a run against these lower-ranked teams, but um, they definitely need the confidence boost, and when they get to a top-eight opponent, they need to make sure they take the most of their opportunities and um, get the win, because they've be- had some decent performances, but they just have not gotten away with a win against a uh, higher-ranked team. Um, so I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs in this game, they have a good record over the Dragons recently. I think the Dragons beat the Rabbitohs once in 2018 and once in 2016. But I think that's their, their only two wins since, I think, 2013 against the Rabbitohs. So a very good record the Rabbitohs have against them. I think that will continue. The Dragons, as I said, they didn't play bad against the Sharks, and they're in good form um, overall over the last month of football. But when the game's on the line, I don't trust their playmakers in Norman and Kloon. Um as I said about Reynolds and Walker, you know what to expect there because um, even though you know they haven't been the best form this year, if the game's very tight, then a lot of times one of their key playmakers are going to come up and, um, you know, t- like they're, they're the kind of players that are going to take a shot at field goal, going to do these things. And the Dragons really don't have a dominant playmaker um, and don't have that experience that the Rabideau's playmakers do. So I want to see a lot more from the Dragons playmakers Um they're definitely going to be in a long, a ga- the game for a long period of time. It's going to be interesting to see if Matt Dufty can keep his impressive 2020 form up. But I've got the Rabbitohs being too good for the Dragons. Uh, Rabbitohs by 12 to start my predictions for this week. And Friday Night Football kickoff at 6pm from uh, the Sydney Cricket Ground when the West Tigers take on the New Zealand Warriors. The Warriors, a much improved effort last weekend against the Sydney Roosters. Uh, they were in that game for long periods of time before uh, the Premier's uh, you know, eventually showed that they uh, they just had a bit too much. The Warriors, a man of match performance, really stepped up and um, and really guided the Roosters to that victory. Uh, as I said, the Warriors were better for the majority of the match, though. Uh, for the Tigers, last week, uh, I'm just trying to remember. Oh, yeah, they versed the Eels to start the rounds on Thursday night. They were in that game as well for a period of time before the uh, Eels asserted their authority, so... It's the same old story for the Tigers. You think they're going to start getting on a bit of a roll um, and then they suffer a loss or two and Michael Maguire plays around at the side and trying to get the uh, most from his squad. And that's the thing that I like about the Tigers this year. If they're not performing, Michael Maguire will make changes and will make sure they're headed in the right direction. So it's a big game for them this weekend against a team uh, that basically won't be contending for finals, even though it's possible, but the Warriors most likely won't be contending for the finals this year. Um and a couple of their uh, key men in Channel Tavita Harris and uh David Fus uh, Ch- Channel Harris Tavita, sorry, uh David Fustu and Marlowe have all headed back to New Zealand. So they're missing a few the Warriors. They did this week uh get George Jenning and Daniel Alvaro on a loan from the uh from the Eels for the rest of the season, but it's definitely there for the taken for the Tigers. Uh, good to see the Warriors play with a lot more heart last weekend, and it is a danger game for the Tigers because, as I said, they're very inconsistent, uh, and they're going to need to be at their best. It's very interesting that they've named Josh Reynolds uh, as the 18th man in this game. Um, they've stuck with the harsh combination of Marshall and uh, Billy Walder starting, and Luke Brooks is on the bench. So. You've got to think that the Tigers are going to show up this weekend and really push uh, for a top-eight spot because they're back to their favourite position of ninth, which really isn't funny for those Tigers fans. But they love being ninth, and you'd think that they... You think that they'll have a go this weekend and really prove to Michael Maguire why these 17 men uh, deserve to be in the side. They also are boosted by the return of Alex Twile this week as well. So I think that it's going to have a bit too much for the Warriors, but it's definitely a danger game for them. If the Warriors play like they did last weekend, they're going to be in this game for a long period of time. And it is a potential upset, uh, but I do have the Tigers by 10 points in this game. And the second game of Friday Night Football takes place at 7.55pm from Suncorp Stadium when the struggling Brisbane Broncos host the Cronulla Sharks. And for the Cronulla Sharks, it was another good win on a Saturday night against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, their defence, as I said, wasn't at their best and it's a little bit concerning that they've let so many points in the last fortnight, but they are starting to get back to their best football. They bet the Dragons 28-24 to in that game, and now they've won five out of their past six games, uh, the Sharks, and they've cemented themselves in the top eight. uh, For the meantime, I believe they are seventh at the moment. So they've made a good run in the middle part of the season, the Sharks, but they need to be consistent and keep it up. They're versing a team uh, in the Broncos that, uh, after getting destroyed by the Tigers the week before, responded uh, in part... Uh, last weekend, they really started the game off well in the first half against Melbourne and were in a position of a lead for a little bit in that game, winning 8-6 to six at one point uh, before the storm in the second half just completely dominated. Uh, the Broncos fell apart because of defensive pressure and they really didn't come out of the uh, sheds at half time after such an impressive performance uh, in that first half. So Anthony Seaboard's boyd's going to be very disappointed in that. And of course, if the reports are right, his job's on the line and they're now... Uh, 0 out of 1 in their past 10 games which apparently Seaboy needs to win 5 games so um, I don't know what there is to say about the Broncos I say it every week, they're lacking passion they're lacking heart and they're really letting down all their fans at the moment Um, and let's be honest they've never been at a worse point in their history than they have been right now so I'm not going to go for a rant for them their changes this week are really baffling, though. They've put Darius Boyd back at fullback, uh, which I don't think is a bad change. I think that uh, he, he was out of form the last few years that he did don that number one jersey, but uh, I don't know if centers his position either, and Anthony Milford, definitely not a fullback. I said it last week, I don't know why the hell they put him at fullback. He made 40 meters. It was a very bad performance, but they've responded in kind this week by putting him back at 5'8", Dropping Bro- uh, Brody, Brody Croft completely, who they did name co-captain at the start of the year. That shows you how disjointed this club is. And they put in Tom Dearden at half back And Brody Croft, why not in the best form? I think it's a little bit harsh um, to be dropping him. As I said, Anthony Milford, he's a senior playmaker. He's not been delivering. Why is he still in the team? Um, I'm baffled by that. They are boosted this week by the return of Isaac Luke, who uh, got suspended for a week. Um, and they put Jesse Arthur uh, sorry they put Richard Kenner um, back in the halves at the expense uh, I think maybe of Jesse Arthur's so uh, they they need to start winning um, they need to start proving to their fans that they're worth something I mean McDonald's. Put up a promotion uh, for all the Queensland Broncos members that if they scored more than uh, if they scored nineteen points or more last weekend, you got a free burger. That shows you how much lack of a confidence uh, these organisations and everybody has in the Broncos because Maccas don't give away free stuff very often. And uh, the Broncos, they're playing pathetic at the moment. They need to show some heart, and it's going to be very interesting. So how they go against Cronulla, considering Cronulla have won their last five out of six games. Um, they, for Cronulla, Chad Townsend, of course, is out. they put Connor Tracy, the former South City Rabideau, um, into the halfback position this weekend along Sean Johnson. But Sean Johnson's in great form. He's leading the NRL uh, in with the most of try assists this season as well. So uh, the Sharks, I think they're going to be way too good for the Broncos. It's impossible to tip the Broncos at this point. I said for the sake of NRL and for the sake of Queensland rugby league, I hope the Broncos have a much better performance this weekend. But I've got the Sharks being way too strong for them. I've got the Sharks by 16 in this game. I think the Broncos will be better and I think the uh, Darius Boyd fullback... um, Position change will help them, um, but overall, they just don't have the points in them, they don't have the passion in them, and I just don't see them competing against the Sharks for a long period of this match. Moving on to my favourite time of the week, it's Super Saturday time, and it all starts at 3pm on Saturday for the second week in a row. The game is uh, featuring the Roosters when they take on the Gold Coast Titans from Sydney Cricket Stadium. And uh the Roosters, they definitely weren't at their best last weekend. They really struggled at points in that game against the Warriors before getting their act together um and managing the finish of that game thanks to the great leadership of Luke Keary. Um they looked tired last weekend, the Roosters, and definitely not at their best. Uh so they're gonna have to be a lot better this weekend. Against Gold Coast, to uh, put in an admiral performance admiral performance last weekend against the Penrith Panthers there on Sunday. They were in the game for long periods of time. And a great try by Jamil Fogarty against the run of play to get them back into that game. Um, but they faced such a heavy task this weekend. I mean, the Roosters coming off a bad performance. Trent Robertson won't be happy... Uh, with them, I think he gave them a bit of a blast at halftime last weekend. He would be impressed by their ability to close that game out last Saturday. But overall, very disappointing performance. Um, and they actually, I, I think they don't have Boy Corden and Brett Morrison again this weekend. But you've got to think that they're going to put a much, uh, a much more complete performance uh, up this weekend. Especially against a team that won't be playing finals football in 2020 either in the Gold Coast Titans. Um, and, this, as, I said, and I, as I've said, as i said for the last couple of months, there's such a divide in this competition between the good teams and the bad teams, and you've got to think the Sydney Roosters are going to take uh, the most of that opportunity against the Titans. I think it's going to be a uh, bit of a flog in this game. Don't get me wrong, the Titans can play hard at times, but their playmakers, whether it be Ash Taylor or Jamil Fogarty, they've got to take more control of the game, and especially in the last tackle options, because they had a fair few opportunities last weekend against Penrith where they could have put them under the fire, and then their poor last tackle options on attack um, really went nowhere. And the Panthers, uh, who weren't at their best, really got an easy let-off and managed to win that game 22-14. So the Titans, they need to be a lot better if they're going to compete with the Sydney Roosters. Even if the Roosters aren't you know, aren't near their best, I still think the Roosters are going to have too much fire. PNR. I mean, you look at the former Luke here. He, Tedesco was quiet last weekend. He's had a great season so far, so I expect him to fire this weekend. Um... And their forwards. I mean, Hargraves, great form. Uh, Ton and are great form. Um, these guys are um, in a lot of... These guys are, are a real chance to go three in a row, even when they're off their game. So that shows you how good the Sydney Roosters are, and I can expect it to be a flogging this week. I've got the Roosters by 40 points, unfortunately for all you all your 10 Gold Coast <laughs> Titan supporters out there. So uh, the Roosters by 40 points in this one to start. Super they and the second game of Super Saturday will take place at 5.30pm from Country Bank Stadium up there in North Queensland when the Cowboys take on the Canberra Raiders. And the Raiders getting back to some of their best form. Two wins in a row now. A great win over the Premiers uh, a fortnight ago and then they backed it up last weekend against the Rabbitohs uh, despite picking up a few injuries. Chance, Nickel clods that being the key one there. Uh, of course, fracturing that finger and he's going to be out of action for a few weeks which has put Jordan Rapana back at fullback. Um, and they are very much boosted by the return of John Bateman, uh, the in-form second row of the year last week, uh, Last year. He was the Dalian medalist uh, in the second row position last season. And he's going to add a much-needed boost against the uh, North Queensland Cowboys and a much-needed boost for their premiership aspirations, uh, more importantly, uh, I'd like to see them, uh, their last tackle options be a little bit better though, the Raiders. Last week they did struggle a little bit. George Williams, uh, and Jack Wyden's combination weren't the best, which is surprising considering I've seen at points of this season, um, them combine very well. Um. So they they're lacking a little bit of leadership, which is good because they got Bateman back on board. They also have picked up Corey Rahir and Nira from the Cowboys. Uh, sorry, sorry, from the Canterbury Bulldogs, who of course had a very controversial off season, which uh, saw him stood down from the Bulldogs side. Um, so a couple of key additions this week, and for the Raiders, Rapana uh, at fullback is going to be an interesting one, but he did a good job against the Raiders uh, against the Rabbitohs in the second half last weekend. Uh, for the Cowboys, I did tip them to beat Manly last weekend, but they were not at their not at their best at all. I thought under their new coach or their interim coach for the rest of the year, Josh Henney, that'd be a lot better. They were extremely disappointing. Um I don't see much different about their side this weekend either. I mean they got Granville um is an outsider chance to return this weekend. He's been named in the twenty one jersey. Uh but overall, I mean, I don't see this team uh competing for finals. Obviously they're really struggling without Holmes and Morgan to uh in those playmakers' roles to really add some creativity, the hem has been good at fullback, um, and so has uh, the John Arcee, The uh, the young bloke has been pretty good as well for them. But uh, overall, they're just adding. Uh, they're just lacking a bunch of spark, and uh, defensively, they can fall off at the wrong periods of games. So, <clears throat> for the Cowboys, uh, I mean. I know that they can be impressive in defense on their day. They're going to have to be a lot better if they're going to compete against the Raiders because i got the Raiders uh, by 30 in this game. I think the Raiders are going to go on a real roll and I think they're going to be pushing for a top four spot uh, for the rest of the season. I think they're really getting back to their best football even without Josh Hodgson. So I've got the Raiders by 24 in this one. You know, I'm doing too much talking when my voice starts to run out. Obviously last weekend's uh last week's podcast, the one hour plus edition, has taken a toll on my voice a little bit. It's a sign that I probably need to shut up. But uh the third game of Super Saturday moving on. The third game takes place at seven thirty five at Lotto Land when the Manly Seagulls take on uh, the team that's on top of the ladder and been there for a few weeks now, the Penrith Panthers. The Panthers weren't at their best last weekend against the Titans. They found a way to get the job done. Um they fight they face a much tougher challenge this week in the Manly sea Eagles, who are bolstered by the return or potential return of Dylan Walker, who's been named in the number 18 jersey for him. So very interesting this game. I mean, Manly obviously haven't been at their best defensively since uh, Dylan Walker's injury and Tom Sarojevic, of course, getting doing his hamstring as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting if they can get Dylan Walker back on board because they've been very resilient in the last fortnight and very much impressed me. Um, after a couple of terrible performances, which were cemented when they lost by 30 to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. So um, they, were re- they weren't they were at their best last week against the Cowboys. They were really good against the Eels uh, defensively. And I think it's going to be a very good indicator of where they're at against the Panthers, who are obviously the most uh, the informed team in the competition at the moment, despite a rough performance last weekend. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting battle. It could actually be the game of the week, this one. Um, Penrith... I'd like to see them play a full 80-minute performance. I mean, they go through periods where they drop off in matches. Um, and, uh, you know, their forward pack uh, being such a, a tough and young and hungry forward pack, um, they should really be able to take it to this manly uh, pack of Fenua Blake, Tapia, Thompson, Sirin, and Jay Tarubic. It's going to be a hell of a battle up there in the forwards. Um, so it's a real chance for Penrith to see where they're at as well. Um and I really uh, like their combination that they've got going between Jerome Law and Napier Cleary as well at the moment. So, um, for me, as I said, they haven't been at the best offensively. I've been very impressed by the young 5'8 K Cust. Um, so, if Dylan Walker does play, it's going to be interesting to see if he goes back to the bench or if they shift Walker into the centers and either you know uh, drop Brad Parker or Sully. And I don't know if. Brad Park gets, uh, uh, deserves to be dropped at all. I think he's been very good this year. So I think either Sooley or Cade Cust will have to make way. Um, but if Manly at any chance in this game, is going to be at the back of their resilient defense, which I've been very impressed with in the last fortnight, as I said, after they let in a couple of soft tries um, in the weeks preceding that. So uh, Penrith, as I said, they, they looked a little bit tired last weekend. Um, they're going to be hoping that they can uh, take advantage of a uh, less than full strength Manly side. But in my opinion, I've got Manly winning this game in a thriller. I think it would even go to Golden Point. But the way Manly are playing for each other at the moment is very admirable. And Penrith, they have to lose sooner or later. Um, As I said, I've got to tip an upset or two a week um, at this point if I want to get potentially to my six out of eight per week. And if I want a perfect react, I think there's going to be at least an upset each week for the rest of the year. And uh, this week, I think Manly are as good as any team to cause an upset and really... uh, really take it to this Penrith team. So I've got Manly by one point in this game in a huge, huge upset, which could have massive implications uh, come finals time because Manly are a team that just got back into the eight and this game would be huge um, with their uh, top eight admirations and goals this year. So uh, big game for Manly without Tom Turovich. He should be back in the next few weeks. Uh, so Manly can get a couple more wins before that point. Um, it's going to be a huge boost for him at the back end of the year. So Penrith... Um, I hope you guys are up for a fight. That's all I'll say, mainly by one in this one. All right, moving on to Sunday football now, and let's hope my voice can hold up for the last two rounds of this podcast. It all starts at 2 p.m. on Sunday afternoon when the Parramatta Eels take on the Canterbury Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, it was such a relief, uh, I'm sure, for all their fans and their supporters and the whole team there at the Bulldogs to get only their second win of the year last weekend. Um, they were very impressive for the majority. They game against the Newcastle Knights in uh, torrential conditions there. Uh, Knights did score two late tries, which would have made a lot of Bulldogs fans nervous, but they held their nerve and they got the job done. Um, They are boosted by the arrival of Tim Laffey uh, from the Dragons this week. He comes back home to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Of course, him and uh, Luke Thompson, who have arrived in the past few weeks, uh, will really make the arrival of Trent Barrett um, really boost the arrival of Trent Barrett there next year as well. Of course, they have signed Nick Kotrick for a lot of money um next year as well, um so the bulldogs uh they're looking they're looking to the future um at the moment with some of these guys that they are bringing in. Loel Lewis has been really impressive the past few weeks uh, as well um but they're going to have to be a, a very very good if they're going to challenge this Parramatta eels side who uh they weren't their best last Thursday night against the Tigers, but they did get the job done they were boosted by the returns of Mitchell Moses and Ryan Madison they're close to full strength are uh, the Eels at the moment. How good has Regan Campbell-Gillard been in the past month of football? Well, it was demonstrated last weekend when the big prop, he got an open space and he scored a 60-meter try. And I love seeing that. I love seeing props uh, score long-range tries and get into space. And it just shows you the confidence of this Eagles side at the moment. Um, no matter who uh, manages to find open space, they're going to back themselves to do the job. And... Uh, it's it's an admirable quality, and uh, even when they're not playing their best, they manage to win the majority of the, their games. So uh, the Eels, I think, are going to go a long way into the postseason, and I don't really see them being bothered by this Bulldogs team, who, of course, good on them for getting their second win of the season. If they win one more game at this rate, the Broncos will go down to the bottom of the ladder. So uh, very concerning for Brisbane Broncos fans, but as I said, I think the Eels are going to be way too strong here. Um, I don't see any scenario where Bulldogs win this game, even if it is torrential rain like it was against uh, Newcastle last weekend. This is such a classy Eels side. Um, It'll be interesting to see how Mitchell Moses goes because he wasn't at his best last weekend, but overall I see no other weaknesses in this Parramatta side this weekend. So we've got Parramatta being way too good in this one. Uh, Parramatta by 30. I think there's going to be a lot lot of floggings this week if you haven't noticed by my prediction. So Eels by 30 in this game. Which leads us to our final game of the round, and could be a potential blockbuster at four pm on Sunday afternoon football, when the Melbourne Storm travel to the, well, they travel to their new home of the Sunshine Coast uh, to host the Newcastle Knights. The Knights, of course were terrible last weekend in torrential conditions against the Bulldogs. They suffered their fourth loss of the year there, 18-12, going down to the Bulldogs, and they had to be a lot better this weekend against maybe the benchmark of the competition in Melbourne. They're so professional in what they do, and that was no different last weekend against the Brisbane Broncos when they downed them 46-8. The Storm, uh, obviously, of recent weeks, they have been boosted by the return of Cameron Munster. Cameron Smith has been very good for him as well this season. He is close to... uh, the form hooker in the NRL at the moment, which is saying a lot considering um, the arrival of Harry Grant and uh, Coruscant getting back to his best form as well. But uh, th- th- those two lead that team around well and their forward pack's playing really good, whether it be guys like Nelson Sofa solomona or uh, the young Tino, um, whose last name I can't pronounce, unfortunately, at the moment. I'm going to have to learn it. Um, but it's just, I don't want to butcher it, so I'm not going to give that one an attempt this week but uh, the young Ford and Tino outstanding last weekend um, it shows the confidence in the team and Jerome Hughes is having such a great season halfback who I was doubting that he was a halfback at the start of the year but he's really playing a key role there for the Storm at the moment um, and Newcastle it's been their story their 2020 they started the year off um, very well but they've been very inconsistent this season you never know what Newcastle are going to show up. Caelan Ponga has been uh, getting better with. The past few weeks, but he couldn't do much last weekend in those conditions. Especially considering the forward pack of Newcastle were not at their best, um, and they're going to have to be a lot better their forward pack against the the guys like the Bromwiches and Fernukin and uh, Felice Kafusi and Brandon Smith if they are going to compete in this game. Um, Newcastle, and I'd like to see a little bit more uh, game management from guys like Mitchell Pierce who uh, started the year off so promising, but hasn't been. Uh, at his best over the past month. So big pressure on the Newcastle Knights if they do lose this game. Um, they are in danger of potentially going down to the eighth because uh, the Sharks and Manly are both on 12 points. Both have games that I've tipped them in this week. Obviously, merely a big upset if they are to beat Penrith. But uh, it's a danger game for Newcastle in uh, their finals hopes. And uh, you've got to think that Adam O'Brien's going to be filthy with them performance last week and he's going to expect a much better effort. I just don't know if it's possible that they can beat Melbourne with Melbourne's current form, though. Um, even though they are missing a few this week in uh, Olam and Branko Lee being out, I believe. So um, I don't know if that's going to really make too much of a difference in this game. Melbourne have such a system where Bellamy knows whoever he can uh, bring in will do the job for them um, because Bellamy coaches them, um, you know, to be a, to be the ultimate professionals, the Storm, and they prove that each and every week. And I think the Storm are going to be too strong for Newcastle in this game. I've got the Storm by fourteen in this game. And those are my tips for round twelve of the NRL Telstra Premiership in 2020. Um, I actually managed to get surprisingly get through the whole tipping. We had a huge rant this week. Um, Obviously, it's a much shorter edition this week, you guys, but I hope you guys enjoyed it anyway. We're going to get the Steve's NRL bets of the week shortly, but before we do that, I just want to take a moment to address uh, the Sonny Bill Williams situation at the moment. I mean, I did fail to uh, to mention it in the Roosters versus Titans preview, so I will mention it here. Um, Sonny will be returning to the Sydney Roosters by the look of it for the rest of 2020. He's going to be playing five games from round 15 onwards, and then the finals serious, assuming the Roosters, uh, go deep into that, which you'd think they would. Um, it is a very interesting signing. The NRL has stamped it off. Um, apparently he's only going to be getting $200,000 for the rest of the season, um, which I think is fair considering, um, the season will be three quarters of the way over at that point. But for the NRL to say that he's worth $350,000 a year is laughable. Um, and I think this signing, um, and the CF Sydney Rabideau situation uh, with uh, Solali, the uh, the young kid, the young 16-year-old that rugby union tried to poach that the NRL stopped, um, and Peter Valides did stop, is really setting a dangerous precedent because the NRL do have rules in place that there can only be a player with another contract to another uh, franchise, can't be contracted at two different teams, and they have broken that with Sonny Bill-Williams. And they also have a clause saying that no player before they are of the age of 18, which I necessarily don't agree with the clause, uh, the clause but it is a clause uh, that no player that's under the age of 18 can play the NRL, uh, play in the NRL. The NRL is seriously breaking that for the young kid, uh, Suali, uh, that assigned to Rabbitohs. Now, he is supposed to be a, uh, a superstar in the making, this kid, but not, nevertheless, uh, it does really create a dangerous precedent. And um, I just want to give the NRL a warning that I don't know if fears are going to be taken too kindly to this because you're setting a precedent. So if, let's say, if a player wants to come back from the Super League and situations in the future mean that they're still contracted to that Super League uh, team, you've got to think the NRL has to allow it and you've got to think if similar superstars under the age of 18 um, sign a massive contract that they will be allowed to play as well. So dangerous water to the NRL in. Um, but moving on to my bets of the week and... Um, this week we're gonna put two twenty-five-dollar bets on. Uh, the first of which I'm going to uh, go, as I said, I'm very confident in the Rabbitohs because they have uh, have a very good record against the Dragons. So I'm going to go the Rabbitohs head-to-head um, into Cronulla to beat the Broncos, um, 13 plus. Um, that where's the 13 plus option? Sharks 13 plus is $3, so the Rabbitohs into the Sharks, that gives you 4 dollars If you put $25 bucks on that, you're looking at $116, so we're going to do that. And the other $25, I'm actually going to go a first try score in the Roosters-Titans game, probably the first time I've done that. this on the podcast. Um, my first try score of the week is in the Roosters-Titans game. And it is going to be Joseph Manu. He's $11, so $25 on that will give you over $250. And I think that's a pretty good kitty if you guys can get it up. So uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week. As always, obviously, it's a shorter edition. I don't want to uh, go on for too long each and every week. um, But I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Please follow the Facebook page. If you haven't, please like Steve's NRL 40 Tips on there. Uh, Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple iTunes or Spotify, or Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to this podcast. And I'll see you next week for my preview of round 13. Good luck this weekend, guys. If you're ever having a punt, good lucks in the footy tips, and hopefully we can get a perfect round. I can get a perfect round for the first time this year uh, in my NRL Telstra Premiership. Thank you guys for listening to Steve's NRL footy tips for this week. I'll see you guys next week.